0: Good evening to everyone, this is your host Vance here and yes, today is Wednesday, it means that Kopi with Vance starts at 9pm and here I am. Alright, as you all know, I'm your host tonight and I'm actually very thrilled to be here with all of you today because you know copy with Vance is a podcast that covers a wide range of health, fitness and business as well as technology. So today's topic is particularly important one, uh, it's about approaching bariatric surgery. All right. um, as you all know, obesity is one of the main pandemic or the endemic, we can call it. You know, it's always a big issue because we all love food. So obesity is on a growing concern worldwide. And bariatric surgery also has emerged as an effective treatment option for people struggling with obesity. So we are honoured to have a very special guest today. And that is Dr. Kaushal. He's from a specialist, he's a specialist and a general surgery and a consultant at Raffles Surgery Centre. He's going to come in in a 30 seconds time. Yeah, it should be about 30 seconds. Um, he's going to come and share his expertise on this topic. And Dr. Kaushal has a wealth of experience in this field of bariatric surgery and has helped countless patients achieve significant weight loss and improve their overall health. He will also provide us a lot of valuable insight on the benefits and the risk of that bariatric surgery, right? And the various types of procedures available, and the importance of proper post productive care i'm confident that today our discussion will be very informative insightful and true provoking so sit back grab a cup of coffee i mean today we are not grabbing a cup of coffee because the weather is really hot so probably we are just going to stay with water i'm not sure but dr kaushal easy already has his coffee in his hand or in his table let's invite dr kaushal hello dr Hey, hi. Hello,
1: Vance. Thank you for having me on Copy with Vance and uh, happy to share my thoughts and uh, have a good uh, conversation, but without hot coffee today.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I was about to ask you that, but since yeah. you say that there's no coffee, okay. The weather has also been very crazy, isn't it? You know, It's all sweating. Yes. You know, yeah. Doc, uh, at your background, uh, before we even start on the topic, on your background, I, I see a deer, the two deers. Uh, I don't know. They, your-
1: are, they are giraffes. They're, they're, they're giraffes, giraffes. Okay,
0: <laughs> so it looks like we a got from
1: you. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's from it's from uh, uh, Serengeti. Yeah, we oh. we got a gift from a friend. Yeah.
0: Nice, nice, nice background you have, doc. Um, thank, thank you, you, doctor. I mean, despite having um a busy schedule, um, uh, thanks for joining us at Copy with Vans. And of course, today's topic is all about approaching paratric surgery. Uh, but before mm-hmm. we go on, doc, I know I did a little bit of introduction of yourself, but You know, if you can just tell a little bit more about yourself to the audiences or we jump into the topic.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I am a a trained surgeon, a general surgeon, and then I did my subspecialty training in um, uh, gastric, esophageal, bariatric surgery. So I do, uh, uh, that is where I'm comfortable with uh, doing gastric cancers and bariatric surgery, anything to do with the stomach and the food pipe. And I did my fellowship from Australia, uh, about a uh, few years ago, about 2013, and uh, since then I've been, uh, I'm head, I, head the, I headed the team of upper GI in Tantok Singh General Surgery Department, and uh, now I am uh, in Raffles uh, Surgery Center, uh, where I uh, uh, practiced at the present. Sorry, Vance, I cannot uh, hear you.
0: Yes, my mic was muted. Sorry. Thank Ah. you, doctor. And thank you for all the audiences who are joining us. Um, Today's topic is going to be very interesting because we're going to cover obesity as well. I think obesity is one of the cause of, uh, you know, a lot of other illnesses that we can talk about. Uh, But also for viewers who are watching this right now, we are in Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as LinkedIn and YouTube. So if you are seeing this, do share and like so that more people can join in in this podcast. So, doctor, um, before we really dive into the topic, um, we know that uh, obesity is the main cause. I mean, not the main cause, one of the causes that uh, it, it related to illnesses, right? Like atherosclerosis, diabetes, and a, a lot of other issues as well. Even knee issues, right? Because of your too much of weight, um, is because we love our food. So it's going to be very challenge. Uh, how can we manage this, Doc? I mean, in terms of your many years of experiences in this. Yeah, so
1: uh, I, I would like to first start off uh, sharing some myths about obesity and which you rightly brought it up. And one of the myth is that uh, is, uh, is related to food, is related to food addiction. And uh, if you want to, any addiction, if you want to go from, then you go away from food. Uh, but uh, to sort of put it in the same pool as addiction to, say, alcohol or smoking, uh, is very difficult because uh, in those kind of substance uh, addiction, the first thing we say is that get away from that thing. But we can't say that with food because food we need to live. Yeah so so the myth being that is an addiction maybe is an addiction to wrong food rather than addiction to food. And uh, that is one of the myths I want to bust uh, for sure.
0: I mean, um, we all surrounded by all the beautiful food, especially uh, one of my favorite, if I can share, it's called the Madhu Vede. (laughs) It's an (laughs) Indian donut. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it's a bit of weakness, but even though it's about 170 to 190 calories, but if you take more, then your calories will be added in. So we will keep it that for the later. Um, We're going to jump into the dietary, doctor. I mean, we've been hearing this word. Bariatric,
1: and where, what is this all about? Yeah, so this term started many, many years ago, which primarily means weight loss surgery. But maybe I can say something about obesity and and severe obesity, which many of my patients I see them suffering. And it is not exactly uh, a simplistic problem as we sometimes prejudice them with, in terms of that if you eat less, you will lose weight. But sometimes it is a more complex. Uh, psychosocial, genetic, uh, socio-cultural influences which are interacting, And sometimes I see this patient is like he's stuck in a spider's web, you know, in between. And it is not easy and simplistic to say that, look, you stop eating food. You can't say that, but you reduce the eating of food and you will lose weight and you'll become better. So therein comes in the hope for bariatric surgery. Where we are then offering this hope to patients who are stuck in these kind of webs, I would say, and uh, they need some, they need professional help and they need a holistic help to bring them out.
0: Okay, doctor, thank you for that. I mean, the introduction of the bariatric surgery. um, And now, along the same uh, uh, segment that we want to talk about is also, um, what is the profile? Are we looking at? Are they above hundred or hundred fifty? Because. There was an article I was reading about in abroad. They saying that this guy can't literally move at all, so he can't move from his from bed to yeah. hospital. They have to carry him in a truck or something like that. Uh, that sounds cra- crazy. So, what is the weight that is actually? I mean, in, you yeah, you so have seen them.
1: Yeah, so is the absolute weights are very difficult to say like that because uh, 100 kg in a six and a half feet man would be normal versus 100 kgs in a five feet individual would be abnormal. So we more realistically follow international guidelines, which uh, uh, WHO guidelines, which go towards the uh, BMI indexes, uh, which then categorize, uh, which is an index form from weight and height, and which then we use it to categorize uh, class one obesity, class two, and class three. And uh, normally, your BMI should be about 25 to 27. That is the usually accepted one. And uh, anything about uh, 27.5 is considered overweight. And also, classically, I would just like to bring out over here that even though uh, the BMI is an international index and uh, mainly written by WHO, which they say that anything from 30 to uh, to 35 is uh, grade 1 obesity, and 35 to 40 is grade 2, and 40 to 50 is grade 3 obesity. And, but, but for Asians, there is uh, acceptable uh, re- uh, revision of this index where we reduce 2.5 compared to the Caucasians. So for us, uh, where it is 30 to 35, it becomes 27.5 to 32.5. And so for every grade obesity, it is reduced by 2.5. And you would want to know why. And yeah. the reason is because Asians are predisposed to visceral fat compared to the Caucasians. So the BMI, a same BMI of an Asian person versus a Caucasian person, the visceral fat is a lot more. So we want to intervene at a lower BMI when it comes to an Asian patient versus a Caucasian patient.
0: Thank you, doctor. Thank you for that. And also, we're looking at this candidate. Um, is that somebody can just walk in and say, hey, well, you know what? I need a bariatric surgery because I am uh, lazy to exercise. Uh, it, will that be a, a candidate or do you have certain parameters to look at and say that no, you're know, thanks. you are not. Yes, you are.
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. So I uh, we do not offer surgery for every candidate who kicks through the door. And uh, we do not want bariatric surgery to be a cop-out. That means that is the easiest way to go to. No, we do not want that. We want the candidate to try all, all different types of varieties of interventions put together by a very specialist team, which we have. And that then helps. Uh, that would include a, like a health coach like yourself. It would include also a, a nutritionist. It would also include a psychologist. Uh, because right. we have seen, and also a, a physician who will look at all kinds of genetic variants, who will look at other disorders which this patient might be having. Because mind you, obesity has got a genetic predisposition. And if you truly have, you need to be very careful offering surgery for these patients.
0: Right. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for that. And uh, also, we are be looking at into uh, the different types of uh, bariatric surgery and how do they work. I mean, I know the system right you know your digestive tract you know your enzymes your bio microbiome you know a lot of stuff's happening in our body but how do you look at and you know i mean that's why i say the doctors are amazing you know you look beyond that right and in the medical field the medical science improve improved so much and also bariatric surgery is not just for cosmetic oh i want to lose 20 kg because i got a wedding coming in no it's not about that it's about a health issue that is existing at the moment and we want to clear that off um so What are the types that we are looking
1: at now? Yeah. So uh, before I go on to the types, uh, Vance, if you don't mind, I would just like to say the preparation which goes in for a patient to actually qualify uh, because that is important, I feel, and I feel like the listeners should know that uh, they go through a holistic program, as I said, where they have uh, diet control, where they have uh, uh, behavioral modifications done by a psychologist and also a health coach who comes into action about exercise, and and dietary ma- match of uh, nutrients and expenditure of en- energy because there has to be a more expenditure of energy than the nutrients intake and right. we need that before we go for surgery and uh, it is also a test for the patients that if they go through this well then they are ready for surgery uh, because they we as i said we do not want to offer this as a cop-out uh, we right. want them to change lifestyle we want them to uh, become more motivated mentally, and then these surgeries and these interventions help. So, uh, I would like to emphasize on those things because that is important. And about the what kinds of bariatric surgery, well, there are many kinds, but what we do commonly right. in Singapore and worldwide is one known as a sleeve gastrectomy, uh, which many would have heard and many would have read, and other is known as a bypass. Uh, a sleeve gastrectomy, very simplistically spoken, uh, is about removing about 75% of your stomach. Okay, yep. I cut it out and I remove it and and is out of your body. And uh, if I can uh, give an example, your stomach after that looks like a Cavendish banana from Fair Price.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. that, that, that curvature. Yeah, yeah.
1: That that, that's, yeah. that that much is your stomach now. Okay. Yeah that's how your stomach looks after my after I remove the stomach uh, rest of the stomach now so basically it helps in restricting your amount and it helps to reduce your weight by not taking much like you'll take two spoonfuls of rice or anything and you'll be full already Right, uh, so but the problem is that then the nutrition comes in because we don't want you to be nutritionally deficient when your volume decreases so drastically. Right. So, we need a nutritionist working and you need to eat nutritious food according to our advice, right? Yeah, so that is sleeve gastrectomy. Yeah, go ahead, once you want to ask me something,
0: you know, doc. I, I think it's another also interesting how our body, uh, brain, mind, body you know, everything is connected, right? So, the moment, uh, can I ask that you know, after you slice it off, I mean, of course operation manner um does the brain also understand that oh i i now need so much now comparison to before because of these enzymes and hormones are fluctuating will there be also be playing a correlative uh, manner
1: yeah absolutely right so yes they would and that is the idea of preparing them before surgery to be get ready for this so your body is now going to adjust to a new stomach and a new way of eating is not easy for the first few weeks. So apparently, uh, we, most of our patients will go on a, just a liquid diet for the first two weeks. Right. And, and then after that, for the next two weeks, they go on to this like uh, like puree diet, you know, like a, like, a, like a baby diet, you know, just soft, right. soft food. And then after four weeks only, you go on to proper food like noodles, bread, meat, eggs, and so on and so forth so that's you're right so that's that's one month required for the body and your brain to get used mm-hmm. to a new stomach and your hormones levels to sort of now uh, get used to a new way of living in your body
0: right right so there's only two types one is the sleeve another one is the, yeah. So the bypass. Uh,
1: yeah so the bypass so uh, maybe I can say that usually in our concept, when we do a lot of uh, workup for the patients right before surgery, we find out that there are two types of eaters. One is a volume eaters and the other are grazers as we call them. So the volume eaters are very clear. That is a non-brainer. Exactly. They eat a lot at one meal and that's a problem. And the grazers are these uh, people who do not seem to be eating more, but they eat small bites, but very high dense calorie bites throughout the day. and for them, uh, so for the volumeters, the sleeve works very well because you know you can't eat much anymore, so that helps. But they can cheat if you just if they are just a grazer, Yeah, right?
0: So oh, uh, uh, so if... does he also play with the cravings? You know, uh, say yeah. I love nasi lemak and biryani for lunch and dinner, and then breakfast is biu. So will will there be a psychological change as well? Because it, it also because of you know your hunger pains are not activated. Your secretion, your digestion system is now different. Will there be the psychological part? Because you, I, I recall you say that, you know, dietitian, psychology also will be a play of part. Health coach also plays a part. So this seems like a very holistic approach.
1: Yeah, so it does help and the patients do get prepared. But it is after the surgery, what happens to you, happens to you. And sometimes your cravings can get better of you. And we have seen now and again that patients after surgery want to eat the same way as they used to eat before. And now what will happen is, and we warn them also, but nevertheless, it still happens because cravings are cravings, uh, that if they eat even more or fast, so speed and volume becomes your enemy. So they eat right. anything speedfully or anything in high volume, they will vomit.
0: Right.
1: So if if you don't listen or then you are uh, made, it's like, if you don't learn the lesson by talking, then you have to experience it. And right. then, the, you know, they, they sort of get to the baseline back again. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a learning process uh, after the surgery where the patient yeah. is uh, learning his own uh, physiology mm-hmm. again. Right. And uh, sometimes it takes time. Some people, some people are less, but we are with them throughout the journey. It's right. not that we just do the surgery and leave them alone.
0: Thank you doctor thank you for that also we are looking at the patient both physically and mentally and and you have said it well because it is an approach uh it's not just that you know somebody want to lose a want to lose weight and then they come to you no it's not about that but it's all about uh medical uh history or other medical condition they have and one of the um options or other the patient can choose or if that you know as a doctor you know as a consultant you say no you, you you have to go through this because your blood pressure is in the stage three you know, your heart rate and this is your diastolic and diastolic is 180 Mm -hmm. over 120. Well, there's some kind of an indication who should go immediately? Because I believe if they are carrying that extra weight, maybe say another 60 or 100 kg and they can't exercise because of knee pressure or maybe their heart rate wasn't a good candidate. Is there something that they look for, doctor? I mean, we look for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, 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 uh, even in the the international uh, diabetes guidelines, and even for Singapore Diabetes Guidelines, and even the uh, uh, MOH Clinical Practice Guidelines from MOH, they all say that if you have a BMI about thirty-seven point five, unlikely that you will get this weight off, right. with or without diabetes or high blood pressure. So, if you if single, if you want to just go on a single simplistic reading of a BMI, anything more than thirty-seven point five, yes, you might lose four five kgs with you know, dietary restrictions and all that. Right. but the minute you stop, it will come back. And so it's not just losing weight. It is also about keeping it off.
0: Right.
1: So the other things about it is that if your BMI is 32.5 and above and you are having diabetes and high blood pressure and you have taken medications and it's not helping and you're on high doses of insulin, yes, you should, you should think about bariatric right. surgery because over the last decade there's enough data to show that if chosen rightly and done in the right patient this weight loss surgeries can provide cure for diabetes right for how long how far is depending on the patient depending on the patient profile and how much of a good boy or a good or a naughty boy he becomes after surgery <laughs> yeah okay
0: but the, well, the, well, the cravings comes back dog. the same Nasi yeah. Lama, the same Briani the same Bihun you know taking 4,000 not 4,000 Taking 6,000 calories a day, well, that will be a reduction in this.
1: Yes, there will be because uh, your hormonal changes happen and the signals sent to the brain are different now. And there's something called as a GLP-1 hormone, which increases in these surgery. And that sort of gives a negative feedback to the brain saying that my, my stomach is full, I don't need any food. So yes, uh-huh. uh, the reason why you can keep your weight off in the long term with these surgeries is that these hormonal changes are happening inside you along with structural changes to your stomach.
0: You know, doctor, I'm going to share something with you. Um, I mean, I'm in the fitness industry for more than 25 years. Yes. So time to time, I try a different kind of a diet to see how it works. If it works for me, probably it may work for my clients. So one of the things that I want to test my body is to go a cold turkey um, in sugar, sugarless, no sugar for a period of 14 days. And uh, on the sixth day, I failed the exam that I put for myself. I was driving by. um, I turned into this particular petrol station. I parked the car. I went inside the supermarket. I opened up the fridge. And I was looking for a particular can. I'm not looking for a bottle. I'm looking for a particular can with full of sugar. I'm not going to mention the name. And I wanted to be, you know, opening up that the word, that the sound like I wanted to hear that. I brought it, went into my car. I drank it, opened it and drank it. You know, then only I understand. I understood that I wasn't in control. Why did I turn into the, uh, the to the petrol station? Because I know there's a supermarket. So you see, at that point of time, for the period of seven minutes, I lose control. So at that point of time, it wasn't in my control at all. So to think about it, you know, uh, people going on a certain diet a crash diet you know they are actually setting up themselves to a higher cravings in the next one month or two months or three months so that we can lose weight but in the next three four months they double up or even triple up the weight they put in so it seems scary so i think when it comes to diet i think it's very important to be looking for a dietitian or nutritionist to understand how the body works what blood type and then before embarking into a, a nutrition plan will you agree there doctor
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've seen so many people, so many patients with all types of different diet, keto diet, intermittent fasting, Carbo diet, uh, Atkins diet, this diet, a lot of, lot of things. And uh, yes, they do lose weight, as you said, but as long as you, you your body is not that your body doesn't require sugar, your body requires sugar, but it requires in small amounts. And the idea is to have everything not in huge amounts. And if you can control the volumes right, and if you can have everything together, it really works well. You can still lose weight, I feel. Yeah. Depriving yourself totally of sugar, I think. Well, I would also be going to the gas station. <laughs> okay, not I'm easy. gonna try
0: the next one. Uh-huh. I'm gonna try the next one on Vade to go away from Vade for one month. Ken, Ken. <laughs> Just well, gonna try it
1: out, right? I think I think you can try it out. It might work also, but after one month, you will have to see what
0: happens after that. Exactly. Because there's a control over that period, the duration, right? Yes. And then yes. once after that, you know, I I feel that, hey, you know what? I reached the target and now I'm allowed it to enjoy. So the, 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 the key question here is about the journey. It is not yes. just the destination that we're looking at. Say hey, three months, I'm dieting and then I'm jumping. No. So it's become like a yo-yo. You gain weight, Absolutely. you lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. Absolutely. And then that's where all the GI issues comes in. High glycemia, low glycemia, the glycemic right. index issues as well.
1: Very true. So, the, you you absolutely nailed it. So, the glycemic index going up and down, up and down constantly causes more damage uh, to the body in the long run, and to all the hormones which are flowing in your body and your brain signals which they're getting because it's all mixed. Your brain is doesn't know what you're doing, and it exactly. keeps on cannot cannot understand. So, it's like you're disconnected from your own self. You see.
0: And also, doctor, you know, people are nowadays stressed, they're overeating, depressed, they're eating, happy, they're eating, sad, they're eating. So food has become a comfort. <laughs> and it becomes like, you know what, I'm going to have that chocolate. Say so why? Oh, I got a stressful day. Oh, I'm going to have that kind of alcohol. Why? Because I had a stress. So, I mean, as, as, as technology, as, our, as we evolve, things are getting more comfortable and food are just coming to us from all kind of directions, from love, as well as we're ordering. So I think it's a a big challenge. So obesity is one of the key issues I think we all should take seriously. If not, we can be a victim for that, right? And obesity also increases a lot of other illnesses, right, Doc? I mean, one of the particularly is... So, so,
1: so. uh, When I get referrals about obesity, right, I get it from, like, I I can get it from a gynecologist because of uh, infertility. I can get an obesity referral for surgery from an orthopedic surgeon because of knee problems, as you mentioned before. From an ENT surgeon because of sleep apnea and high snoring. Yeah. Uh, from a, can- a oncologist, a cancer surgeon, because patient right. has developed cancers because of obesity. And also from a cardiologist because of high blood pressure, diabetes right. and heart problems from overweight. Right. Yeah, so I get right. referrals from all these kinds. So they, they land up in all clinics, unfortunately. And right. uh, the idea is to help them and get them to a place where somebody understands the problem and not victimizes them and not judges okay. them for their
0: problem. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor. Thank so you for that. Now, we are... Thank you, Doctor. So jumping into the complication part. Um, I mean, of course, every surgery has its complications. So we would like to know the uh, bariatric surgery and how they can be minimized or is there any issues that someone should look for
1: yeah, so there are there are short-term complications and long-term complications. Uh, of course, the short-term complications regarding the technicality of the surgery, whether when you cut something and remove from your body, like your stomach in a sleeve gastrectomy, you you usually are worried about a leak or something like that, about your you know that cut part opening up, and uh, those kind of things, the chances are probably minimal, about less than one percent. Uh, but uh, those are the short-term complications we are talking about long-term things to manage and complications are of course uh, for diet and nutrition which plays a very big role in patients and if they don't take care and if they go on to junk food then they will be very brittle patients because now they are eating the wrong food and they are still losing weight Uh, and that is a double whammy so nutritional complications like uh, deficiencies of vitamin d B12 are some things which we are very worried about, and we monitor them very closely for the one or two years after surgery. Yeah, the other no, thing, no, is sir, that sir, also, sir, sorry, 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 yeah,
0: no, because what, what we're going to compare right now, doc, I mean, after you're going to say something, and after that, we complete that. Um, last hundred years where our forefathers do not have this issue, probably they may have, but it wasn't identified with the technology that we have right now, or probably because the workload is more. And they always stay these, you know, aesthetic, you know, six-packs, lean body, you know, they all look like models. But of course, they've been working very hard, laborers. And is that also one of the reasons because we are now very comfortable with elevators, escalators, bars, taxis, cars, bikes, air condition, you know, everything. So is that also the reason the obesity is increasing like what you mentioned Okay, so... there are
1: two things and especially after COVID, uh, two things have become very common and all all research articles are talking about this. That Along with uh, COVID caused these lockdowns, which caused some us as humans because we are used to moving around, uh, moving and traveling around. So as soon as COVID went off and we went into this session of revenge traveling, right? Now we have gotten into a session of revenge socializing and all <laughs> the socializing yes. is over food and alcohol. And at the same time, these lockdowns put up a restriction of activities. So there's a, some bit of hangover of sedentary lifestyle habits which we adopted during COVID, which we are still losing as we go on from it. But we can see that that has caused a double whammy in this last one year in Singapore itself and obesity. So you're absolutely right. And also, the, uh, the, the I, I call it the fast food mafia. No? We are surrounded by the fast food mafia. We cannot
0: escape it. So those are some and, of the things, those three things.
1: Yeah.
0: And also, it's easy to you know reach to us. Just one call away Button. or another yeah. message. I think nowadays, it's just messaging, right? Applications yeah. are it's, it's making the humans more comfortable. And as we are heading towards that direction, um, there's a lot of things also we are bringing along towards us uh, as lack of exercises. Um, we do want to perspire, you know, we perspire a little bit when we are like, you know, please on the AC. Yeah. You know, we need yeah. to relax a bit. You know, let's go to a restaurant where there's AC. So we are, we are taking things more for comfortable. And I think the daily activities, like the health promotion board has encouraged so much that, you know, per day you need to do 10,000 steps. And they're constantly, you know, a lot of studies have been done, you know, what it will be best for bigger population of uh, our citizens. But um, like what we said, the obesity is still on rise. And also because of risk factors that is bringing in from a uh, he narrated, from our forefathers, right so So um, we, we, we are going to go into the next one, which is of course the, the, the same thing that we are talking about right now. We're talking about the diet, we are talking about the lifestyle changes. Um, So doctor, if someone in the, just given a, a quick uh, example. So someone is 140 kg. Uh, he's supposed to be example, 90 kg. So he has this 50 kg. So he embarks onto a journey of strict diet and exercises and he brings down his weight comfortably. But the same uh, same uh, profile or a different profile, under 50 kg, he need to bring 90, but he can't. Like what we mentioned earlier, right? he, do- he does dieting, he's exercising, he just exercise and exercise, the weight is not going down. The food also start to control and become very depressed because you know, you're know you not losing weight and you're not seeing results. So eventually, you need to see the numbers going down, but the numbers going down. So that can be very terrible for a particular person who's going through this. Um, yes. But also... High chances of putting stress on the heart, the knees, and also chances of type 2 diabetes is also on the rise? Yes, absolutely. So,
1: uh, diabetes, I mean, uh, people above BMI of 37, they are uh, 60% chance of having diabetes. Um, You are talking about a very high diabetes rate in Singapore, right? So these kind of individuals, are what, what, what examples you gave about people who are trying very hard and cannot lose are classically patients or examples of whether, they are, whether their basal tone is at a higher level. The basal tone of your body is at a higher level of storage, but a lower tone of expenditure of energy. These people we see very commonly, and these people benefit a lot from surgery because there is no way to get your basal tone down. Because right. that is how Mother Nature has made you. For these kind of patients, you're absolutely right. Uh, they would be suffering a lot quietly, in fact, and being stigmatized by the, by the society that they are fat and they're not doing enough. Yeah. But and we really you know, want you know, to the, take these patients and help them.
0: Even, even um, um, as I, I see these profiles a lot, um, some people are just a little inferior, not superior or inferior to come to gyms especially to the fitness centers, because they have always been judging, right? Um, because I, I see that, you know, this is basically my comments coming out. Um, I do see people, you know, coming to the gym, you know, like a fashion, you know. <laughs> you know, they are to wear tight clothes and simple clothes and kind of stuff. But on the other hand, this a group of people who are coming in genuinely to get the weight down and, you know, to be healthier and fitter, you know, just by doing a lot of stuff. But unfortunately, there's inferior complex as well. Um, but I think when it comes to health, one shouldn't really bother about what other people are seeing, and they should just jump into um, exercising, of course, with the proper guidance and nutrition as well. But also, Doctor, I'm going to give uh, a credit to Singapore SG Active. Singapore SG Active has done a phenomenal job because per entry is only $2.50, $2.50 and you can stay there the whole day in the gym. And nowadays, the gym equipment and the facilities is super. They're really upgraded and it it's very user friendly. And there's a lot of uh, floor trainers to assist because I do train a few of the clients there and I see these positive changes are happening in the society as well. So you can see all these neighborhood folks are coming down, you know, range from all the way from 40 to 70, 75, and they are keeping themselves fit. So I think where we are heading as a Singapore, as a country, I think we are doing a fantastic job, getting healthier and fitter. I think that is the key, right, Doc, to stay away from all this problem
1: yeah absolutely right so uh, in fact i like some of these gyms which are made 24 hours also helps because yeah. uh, some of these people who are very scared of being judged right for their weight or their looks right they can come at odd times of the day or night right. and they do yes. want to do and so so yes yeah, so the sg active is excellent excellent uh, uh, initiative by the government and uh, we do see a lot of results and actually we uh, we are sort of tying with them also with the whole sg wellness sg active yeah. And it all goes in with uh, diabetes, weight loss, and uh, less stigmatization. Basically, yeah.
0: That's so well, thank you. For that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, doc. We are going to go into the next one. Also, uh, looking at the recovery processes, um, mm. Will there be a lot of pain, whether they can walk. I mean, these are the few questions that people might have in mind, but uh, mm. you know, they probably may not have the answers, so or they are afraid. Oh, I don't want to go through this. You know, I, what will happen if I, you know, something happens? You know, so you know what the patients can uh,
1: look for yeah so in the recovery uh, i mean i talked a bit about the preparation already right yeah. they have to yeah. have these uh, psychosocial uh, modifications done by a group right. of uh, doctors and uh, paramedicals including a health coach like yourself and uh, after those uh, interventions are put in and they we do need to see whether they lose some weight before surgery by those interventions because that right. makes uh, that, that gives that's like a almost like a test for them because they need to have these changes done they need to change a new leaf and uh, traditionally the surgeries were all done with big cuts but uh, nowadays we do surgery keyhole surgery as we call it these are small tiny cuts about one centimeter big on your tummy and uh, four or five cuts and that's it we finish it off um, uh, is a quite uh, short surgery a short duration surgery so about a uh, two hours or so, your surgery is done through small keyholes. So your recovery is phenomenal. Usually most of my patients would be walking and uh, drinking a bit of water on the day itself, mm-hmm. in the evening. And the next day would be uh, drinking liquids already. And maximum, they would be staying till the second day after surgery in the mm-hmm. hospital, where they optimized, where their activities optimized, where a physiotherapist has seen them. And once they're walking around and, no vomiting and they're tolerating all their liquids. They are ready to go home. Yeah. So most of them go home by the second day after surgery. You
0: know, doctor, uh, this happened, I think a couple of years back. I think if I can remember, probably about five years ago, I have a a, a client profile who is 170 kg. Um, So yes, you know, just to walk about 10 meters to 20 meters, he or she feels a lot of pressure, but, uh, Over a period of eight months, um, we did not see any weight loss happening. Probably maybe one, two kg, that's the maximum. But with the kind of food planning and the kind of exercises and walking, the weight didn't went down at all. And um, he has resorted to biotric surgery and actually lost a huge amount of weight. and, And also because he was also diagnosed with stage two blood pressure. 160 over 100 you know and he's taking some blood pressure medications as well so you know the weight has become an issue you know he can't move we can't get into clothes you know so I think that was the biggest challenge and I think now is is looking good because then it becomes a healthy lifestyle so those who actually go through a bad surgery um, they should continue what they're supposed to do eating healthier going to the gym exercise take care of themselves so it's a it's a lifestyle right now they can't just say oh you know what i lost 100 kg i'm gonna go no. i'm not gonna exercise no,
1: no. yeah Is a it's a lifetime of commitment so that is what we see so that's why you want them to lose weight before surgery if they are committed enough they will lose a little bit with our strict monitoring and once they show us that then surgery will surely help them but as you said is lifetime of follow-up that means they will need to take some type of supplements They will need to have their diet looked on, you know, they can't be going to junk food. They will have to eat nutritious thing because whatever little goes into your mouth has to be very good. Yeah. And also uh, it has to be followed up because when you lose, see about one kg a week, if you're losing, right, that is the normal body can take. That is how we are made. Because when you start doing other things by food, by this, you usually lose one week. One kg maximum. So you'll lose about four kgs a month. But after bariatric surgery, right, there will be a drastic, like you will lose 10 kgs in two weeks or 10 kgs in right. 10 days. Ah. So that kind of drastic weight loss, right, needs a lot of support from friends, from doctors, from the patient itself, or himself or herself also. And, okay. and the support is in all forms psychosocial, nutritionist, psychosocial. and to make sure you're healthy. Because if you don't keep on doing exercises once you start losing weight saying oh finish i'm lose lost weight already i'm time to enjoy now go back to my food go, go back to my nasi lemak you can go back to your nasi lemak but in small amounts but you have to exercise yeah. because your muscle will start losing so much of protein and you'll be deconditioned completely right yeah so so actually the story with the patient's commitment starts after surgery yeah and that's why i say that right. you know this patient uh, of uh, this uh, client of yours which you're giving an example is a classic example who tried everything and then now Mm -hmm. realizes the value of surgery so they will never go back to their original lifestyle because they have been they have seen the worst right yeah so we have
0: uh, the the pressure the pressure on the knees especially the whole weight is taking in and then it will end up swelling then you know you are inviting a lot of uninvited guests to your own house so it's like stay away stay away I need to do certain precautions. Stay away, stay away. You know? Um, no, look, yeah, no, that's absolutely just... right.
1: When I operate on my patients, right, I tell them, look, you're going for surgery. Uh, you need money for surgery, of course, but save some money up because after six months, you're going to need a new wardrobe. And that in no, itself yeah. gives them, that in that itself gives them a big, you know, oh, okay. I'm going to put in, I'm going to go into smaller clothes size. And that gives them a, this positive motivation, you know, and they continue doing things. Yeah. Yeah, so... Those are the things uh, which they look out for and
0: we want them to help with. Yeah. Right. And uh, also that boosts up the confidence level, you know, in terms of Absolutely. psychologically, emotionally. Can you imagine from an extra large, uh, you go
1: to medium size. Yeah. I can tell you, these people are very, very happy people. You know? Right. Very and also, to
0: stay away from all these uh, illnesses, I think that is one of the key issues. Stay away, stay away, and then you push everything so, away. So, and so, you do a positive...
1: Most of the patients will lose, uh, will uh, their, their medicines will go down. And if they are good enough, even for diabetes and blood pressure, they can disappear. You can stop taking medicines. Right. So, yes. So, it, it is an amazing effect which they can experience if they are in the right, uh, right uh, platform with us.
0: Yeah. So definitely, they need a lot of family and friends support, especially no, no, the love one Huge amount, I, amount of it.
1: Yeah. Maybe I just give you a small example. It's like you know, if you're sitting on sure. the family with your family dinner, right, in the evening, yeah. and this is a patient who has done surgery, right? He will be eating two spoons, and he'll be saying, "I'm not eating anything." Yeah. And uh, and and in 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 some families, we have seen this halo effect, as I call it. Uh, Because what happens is that now they see this person in the family who has done surgery and is losing weight by eating less, right? It has a positive impact on the rest of the family also. So, yeah, this halo effect is also quite good. So, yeah, they they can also help their friends and the families can also help them. Yeah, not to stigmatize them. Hey, how come like that? uh? Two spoons already. uh? Come on, finish your plate. Don't waste food. uh?" I don't think that works with them.
0: But also, I think, um, you know, uh, it becomes like a a responsibility. You know, hey, you know what? My so-and-so have done this surgery, so I want to support. So I don't want to eat unhealthy stuff because that may create cravings for him. So let's order or let's eat healthier together. So you see, the whole thing to start changing, even though it's a one single step, but eventually, you know, you take, you'll finish up a marathon. So I think it it is like what you mentioned. It's a very uh, holistic and at the same time, the support.
1: important very true very
0: true yeah okay i mean i mean we have covered this uh we covered about this uh role of exercises and physical activity i mean these are the few things that they have to go through before they you know um get into a serious consultation and see hey you know if i don't do this what will happen or if i if i prolong this what may happen you know so all the possibilities um but of course in the success of a biometric surgery eventually and of course You know, it's not just for aesthetic purposes, but it's mainly for the health reasons and to stay away from a lot of other illnesses. They may come in uninvited, so they're not an invited guest, all these uninvited guests. We want to push them away. So that we have already covered. But I'm going to take one question that has been asked by one of the viewers um, who are not able to. Okay. So she's asking about the discipline as well. She said, what's the percentage of clients who are not able to sustain the discipline after the surgery so we may not have the the percentage but maybe we can jump into the discipline that what we talk about doctor i mean out of 10 um if let's say i'm a foodie will i be able to control the medu bade instead of 10 maybe i take one <laughs> i'm still bringing the bade but uh yeah. on a serious note is there possibility that Doc, we, we are looking at this
1: yeah situation? so so we do have failures and uh, there are people who cannot maintain the discipline and uh, we do see them, and we usually see them at about uh, three or four years after surgery, uh, when you know they have lost all the weight, uh, they have forgotten all the bitter lessons they had learned, yeah. and they tend to become a bit naughty. And uh, it's best to, if, if, if they can come back to us, we can get them back on, on the stage. I mean, uh, if the surgery is still intact, then uh, usually the help of a dietitian and a psychologist, we can get them back to, to track. And also with, a, with like a fitness expert or someone like that, we can get them back into the track. Uh, rarely, uh, there are other reasons why they put on weight, uh, just not discipline. And um, it's very multifactorial because obesity itself is very multifactorial. Why they lose their discipline can be many things, as you said before, also we discussed stress, uh, you know, uh, death in the family, um, things, moving countries or moving places, right? It can be very many, many, multi multifactors why people lose discipline. Yeah, but we are there to help, but sometimes they shy away from help, thinking that, oh, he'll tell me only to do this only. So that is a kind where we say, no, please come over. There are many things. It keeps on improving. We have more things to offer something might work for you, and why not? Yeah, I hope that answers you, the Doctor.
0: question. Yeah. Thank you, Mala, for the question that you posted. Thank you so much. All right, Doc, we are almost at uh, 47 minutes of our conversation, and I know we have covered a lot. Yeah, I didn't realize
1: yeah. that so fast. So, okay. okay.
0: <laughs> we were <was laughs> encouraged to ask us questions. We can engage Dr. Kaushal um, on this topic of approaching bariatric surgery. Uh, Dr. Kaushal is a specialist in general surgery and consultant, Raffles Surgery Center. So, while more questions are coming up, Doc, um, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to jump Mm -hmm. into um, what I've actually noticed when I visited your hospital. Um, So, I was this at this uh, Raffles Robotic Surgery, you know, I was like, whoa, is that like robots going to come out? Um, But what is, but of course, you know, wasn't an opportunity to go inside, but what exactly is happening inside our operating theater, Doc? I mean, if you can... Share so, something is
1: there like yeah, yeah. Yeah, so people understand robotic surgery as shown by Hollywood movies where there is a like a, a independent robot which sort of works on your body uh, which is programmed to do a certain surgery on you but it is, is nothing like that yet uh, the robot is very well controlled by the by the surgeon it is just that it gives you this uh, steadiness in your hands and your movements uh, which yeah. makes surgery much more easier and better uh, so yes, so the robot is there. In that sense, it is a robot. It is a programmed uh, machine which does the surgery on you, but it's like right. surgeons are controlling it completely. Yeah, right. So it is not. It is not on its own. Yeah, there's no. Okay. Uh, it's not AI powered where it is working on its own. <laughs> I just put appendix and it does the operation. No, some nothing like that. Yeah,
0: right. But doctor, but doctor, a serious note. In a 50 years time, probably not even 50, maybe. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number and you are, you know, listening to it, maybe about 20 years or even 15 years. Will there be a, a place called Dr. Vance? The robots come? Yes. This is the patient. You know, will there be, will there be what we'll be seeing in the next whatever good years that's going to come? Robots taking over? I, 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 I think
1: surgery still requires some amount of human touch, experience and judgment till the time we can make such advanced robot. Yeah. So uh, this is a very, very important question. And I, was, uh, 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 I did ask someone like this, who is my professor, uh, who's my teacher. And I asked him, he said, uh, if you operate like a robot, you will be replaced by a robot. So operate like a, operate like a human, operate like a good surgeon, then you can't be replaced by a robot. But right. nevertheless, uh, if you have such advanced robots in the future, who knows? Who knows? We are always open to new technology. And we do keep up in, on, on, on track with all the new things which are coming. Uh, but right. the fact is that there has to be a certain amount of human touch still. I mean, that's this is the era we are in. But 10 years, 20 years down the line, yeah. yeah. yeah thank uh, I you, do doctor. Thank know. you.
0: Yeah. And uh, I know, doc, I know you You mentioned to me, you know, each surgery can last about four hours or lesser than that. About two to three hours. Yeah. Two to three hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the longest hours, uh, doctor, I mean, you ever performed? I mean, I know. I mean, we, uh, like we, we do sometimes.
1: Yeah. So we do sometimes uh, do redo surgeries also. That means uh, patients going for one uh, weight loss operation. And then after a few years, they come back again. And we do a second operation on them for weight loss. Now, those kind of surgeries are more complex. And they are more challenging. And those would take
0: four or five hours to do. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Right. All right, Mala, thank you for that uh, question as well. She said that, yes, um, it requires a lot of psychology. You know, a lot of psychology, Doc. I mean, even when it comes to food control or even come to exercise. You know, um, I always tell this to my trainees. Excuses are plenty to give, right? Rain, cat run over by rat, bicycle got punctured, the weather is cold, the sun is hot, the gym is far, I'm feeling tired. You know, excuses we can keep on going on, but I think the discipline within you Uh, makes it the results to come by in the next six months or eight months to, you know, along the journey. So I think it's very important that once we decide um, or maybe we set ourselves, say, you know what, in every week, I want to do two hours of activity and I stay very religious to it. I stay very strict to it and I make sure I conquer it. But, you know, when you start giving excuses, I think that's where you become too comfortable and then less inactivity. And then we are inviting a lot of problems nowadays. Nowadays, because... We are always in this comfort zone, Doc, right? Like, like what we mentioned, Doc. I think we, you mentioned a very strong point as well, because obesity is, is just not just overweight and looking big. Uh, sorry to use the word fat, but you know, it, it is more than inviting problems. Because if your weight is certain, then I think your body is not active and a lot of other illnesses are coming by. So I think it's very important to keep your body healthy and fit. Yeah, there's someone who look like handsome, sexy. I want to have six packs. You know, I want to become muscle. You know, that is, of course, aesthetic. But I think overall, fitness is is the biggest health you can ever get. So you have to bring your health and fitness together. So I think that's what Absolutely.
1: I like to say. I cannot echo it enough more. But yeah. Thank so, you, Doctor. Uh, so,
0: yes, 52 minutes into it. Um, Doctor, before we end the conversation, I know it's been a long day for you because we had a prior chat. Um, So I don't want to take more time of yours. But if you want to give a tip to the audiences who are listening, what it may be.
1: Okay, so uh, I would like to echo and uh, sort of emphasize a few things we discussed today. Uh, One is that obesity begets obesity and the patient gets trapped in a vicious cycle. So to realize that you are trapped is the first step to your health and good health. So patients should be aware that this is a trap there, do not be judged or do not get angry if people judge you, realize the trap you are in and come out. Secondly, I just want to re-emphasize is that uh, obesity surgery is not a cop-out. It is not, I don't have a magic wand. You have to change lifestyle, you have to eat differently, you have to exercise differently work. you work. Okay? So uh, it is all in all a holistic care along with surgery where all these things are there. So these are the two things I would uh, really emphasize to patients coming or thinking about bariatric surgery. And there are, there are just not surgery. We, we offer a lot of things. We offer balloons, we offer medications to help you to lose weight. So come to us and uh, we, we, there are a lot of options just because I, you see me doesn't mean going for surgery straight. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so be aware of your options and uh, that's
0: what we want to help you with. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. Thank you so much for that humble advice that you have given. I mean, um, I think it was just two days back when I was at Raffles Hospital, I was quite amazed. Uh, the facilities is so, um, what shall I say, so just amazing, right? And, and yeah. when I reached your level, I think I was like, wow. So I was just thinking there may be robots walking by, but unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't see any robots. But uh, yeah, so special thanks to Raffles Medical Hospital as well uh, for... You know, to support these podcasts and also to have an expert guest speaker uh, to join me yeah. in Kopi event. So, thank you so much, Doctor.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, and, uh, Thanks a lot for having, having me on this forum. Thank you very much.
0: And then I, I promise I will not go more than two Maduva day. I will just keep it. Okay, away. okay.
1: I'll try to keep it at half. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we shall take this offline. So, we shall talk yeah. about whether one or two okay. Madhubade.
1: All right, Doctor. Well, see you then. Thank you so okay, much. You a good day. Day. night to everybody else there. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: All right, so here comes the uh the last segment, which is the last few minutes before we end our show. Uh a special thanks to Raffles Medical Hospital who have supported copy events. Um, uh, I went a visit to their uh, hospital uh just about two days back. Um, and it was amazing, right? Um, the kind of facilities that we have it in Singapore with by Raffles Medical Hospital, I think it's amazing. And I, of course, I didn't have the opportunity to go inside the operating data, which I think it's very sensitive, which I didn't. Uh, but overall i think it's very nice um, of course the atmosphere is good and you know everybody was just polite and the whole environment is such a great pleasure to be there but of course as much as possible stay away stay away from all these illnesses i think that is the most key point that we are trying to make yeah so yesterday we talked about approaching bariatric surgery and uh, our special guest speaker from raffles medical hospital Dr. the specialist in general surgery and consultant Raffles Surgery Center. Um, so just not just about weight loss, but I think it's more about obesity and which a lot of things that can affect you um, over the months, over the years. So it doesn't just comes in um, just immediately, right? Weight loss is something like a journey, which I think that's what I've been doing it for the past 25 years. It has to be a psychologically, you know, active. Physically, you must be also active in emotionally as well. But nowadays, a lot of people, I got to say that a lot of us are always giving into emotional. Oh, I'm tired. You know, the excuses are just plenty, you know. Um, I think I've heard tons of excuses. Probably you also may have heard that kind of excuses. I know, hey, you're just lazy. So put all these aside and start, be serious about yourself. I think the growth or the body or the temple, the house that you live in is this. So if you don't take care of your house, nobody's going to take care for you. Right, by then, it's been too late for a lot of complications and illnesses nowadays are just popping by. And if you look at the papers, all right, we see a lot of uh, issues coming up, like all right, myocardial infarction, diabetes is on the rise. Everybody is chasing upwards to see who they are. You know? um, so we need to be very cautious about health. Health is the biggest wealth that we have, or I think the only thing that we can't buy, even though we can achieve or try to do a lot of stuff but if you're not taking care nothing is going to come towards you so i'm going to sign off and um once again thanks to raffles medical hospital and thanks to dr khao specialist in general surgery and consultant raffles surgery center thanks so much for you for everyone for spending this one hour of time so i'm your vance i'm going to sign off and i'm going to catch you again on the next episode which is going to happen wednesday 9 p.m. on a different topic for now. Adios, amigos.